Welcome to the Tribute to Happiness at Work, at Home, in Life podcast. What is happiness? Where do you find happiness? How do you feel happiness? Do you control your own happiness or is somebody else controlling your happiness? Are you living a meaningful and worthwhile life where you experience joy, contentment and positive well-being? Do you feel happiness at work, at home and in life? In this Tribute to Happiness podcast, you will discover what happiness means to people all over the world and how they implement happiness in their life. Here is your host, Hjeden Svenperson, and with him you'll explore these and other interesting topics. Hello and good morning. This is Iceland's Chief Happiness Officer calling. In this episode of Tribute to Happiness, we are going to talk about building up a culture and our community culture in a firm which has operations all over the world. If a person has been at the same company for 20 years and still feels excited about showing up at work, should we call for an ambulance? No, let's not. But instead, let's figure out the secret. 20 years at the same place. Hello, this is Neil. Hi, Neil. This is Iceland calling. So, here then. Can you say my name? Hidden. Well, yeah, Hidden? yeah. You can call me Hidden, so that's uh, that's fine. <laughs> so, okay. how, what do you say? Can I try again, please? Please let please let me try again. Hidden. 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 Well, do you know? I I could oh. make I almost. You will get it in like. <laughs> maybe we should make an episode of people saying my name. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. I'll keep trying. I'll come back to you on that one. Thanks. Yeah. But so, so you are Neil and you are Morley. Uh, so, and you are st- stationed in, no, you're living in the UK. So can you tell us a little bit more about Neil Morley? Yes, a little bit more about Neil Morley. Um, I will come from a corporate aspect because it's a little bit easier to start with to, to describe a bit of that first. So, I've been working at my firm 20 years now, and um, and that's, uh, that that just came up just a couple of weeks before Christmas. So it was nice to celebrate and say thank you and talk a bit about happiness at, at work. Um, so so that's that's been a nice thing. But, uh, um, Neil, I I am not uh, that much different. But are, are, aren't you not an, a relic then? 20, <laughs> I am like 20, a relic. 20 uh, years. That, nobody works so long for a company, does it? I know it, it's it's um, I've heard that it's unusual, but uh, I, I've been lucky to have some amazing managers around me. But we the the core of our management team has been there for longer than I have. So my 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 boss, uh, my wonderful boss Leslie, um, has been there for um, just a, a couple of years longer than I have, for example. So she was there on my first day, and she's not always been my boss as well. You know, we've moved around, but um, but yeah, a lot of us have been there a long time. So, so when you got, did you get a watch or did you like, did you get a present? Ah, uh, well, so we, it, it's interesting discussion because we know through the WooWoo partnership, it's better that you get a bit of um, pers- the personal touch um, and maybe some random kind of styles. So it's like people ask you, do you get a watch? Do you get some champagne? And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know what we get um, in the, in the UK. 
So, um, yeah, we, we end, I got a nice personalised letter. And, um, oh, this is Josie's just come in to join us. Well, hello, hello. Josie. Hello. This is the youngest. She's two. And uh, they're just about, actually, uh, it's snowing today for the first time in the UK. So you, okay, so you are going for a sleigh ride. They're, they're just off out for a nice sleigh ride, yes. Yes. So yeah, she's also my youngest, so. <laughs> Hi, Josie. playing in the snow. Oh, they've made a snowman, apparently. Yeah, okay. So you are, yeah. So she wants you to uh, see it. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 they're fine. Uh, they, they know that uh, doing a bit of a chat now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 20 years. And uh, so I got a nice letter from one of the senior managers. And. Um, uh, which was personalised, so it, it brought up some of the, the achievements that you've done uh, over the time, and um, uh, that was that was a nice touch, and a, and a small monetary bonus, which I wasn't expecting as well. Yeah, but how 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 is it? It's all right because this is more like this is happiness at home. So that's like we can talk about this, this uh, later they, on. They are super happy about the snow. Yeah, this look. Great that somebody is uh, happy for the snow. I just yeah, <laughs> I was thinking. I did think about it before I we were talking. Hate about. Oh, I mentioned snow. the snow. Oh, it's a bit normal for you. Yeah, but <laughs> I, in my view, I just snow is the worst ever. I just like I don't know. It's very un Icelandic of me. <laughs> <laughs> but how how is it to like wh when you because we are talking about happiness at work and you mentioned the woohoo uh, like the woohoo partnership and stuff how yes. how is it for 20 years like to engage and and keep the spirit up and finding like challenges like when you started at your at company uh, how, how did you start as just like you were on the floor and, and the selling stuff or like can you tell people how how the company is built up Yes, so yes, sure. So um, I, the the company grew. So we're, it's a law firm, and I work within the IT department. So um, to to sustain the twenty years, I've been there for um, doing many many different roles, and um, yeah, it's that that's what's kept it alive. So if it's all about the relationships and results, as it is in the Woohoo partnership, then. Um, then that, that's what's kept me going, is it is those varying relationships uh, and getting the more shorter-term results. Well, when, when you, you are not a lawyer, so you are, you are, uh, yeah. are you an IT person? Yes, I'm, I'm what we, you, you, I now know to be a technologist and, uh, and then a mixture now of uh, an educationalist within that as well. So I, I started on, on the shop floor, as you say, um, and I was doing the hands-on IT support um, within our Leeds office, which is in Yorkshire in the UK. And um, I was there for about uh, just under a year and then I, I, I then progressed into central IT um, and started to work on projects. Um, but uh, have, has, has the company always been like you, uh we talked about it before that that you are like you have offices all around the world, don't you? 
Yes, so there's, uh, the firm has about just under 50 offices around the world, and our IT departments of 400 is uh, placed around a lot of those offices um, for the hands-on work. And we've got two centers. Um, one is in, in the Leeds office in Central IT that I mentioned before, there's about 200 of us. Uh, and then we've got more of a hub in Australia too, with I think 50 or 60 uh, core IT staff over there to help give the 24 hour support. Do you know, I, I sit here and I think like your IT department is like a small village in Iceland. Like, what? <laughs> yes. it's just like, what? <laughs> And you are spread all over. So it's like, how how is it to, like, when we talk about happiness at work, like, uh, because then you have to consider that happiness in Australia can mean totally different thing in, in the UK or, or where are you, like, where is the much most obscure uh, place? Okay, maybe I can't use the word obscure. No, but where is it? Like, are you stationed in India or China? Like, where are you? Guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have a, a presence, quite quite a strong presence in, in Asia, um, and I, I'm really interested in the um, the cultural differences that, that we have in Asia. Um, but it's just, there's, there's um, I, w- I was fortunate enough, one of my roles for five or six years was to work in continental Europe and um, understand uh, the offices out, out there. And that, that gave me a really good start before we started to have some more responsibilities in, in Asia. And um, and the understanding of the cultural differences, because we did get some cultural uh, training, um, which was really useful. And I, I found a lot of it was based around um, the, the longevity of the, the, uh, the, the country itself. So um, take, for, for example, the extremes, which I know, I know I've read a little bit more on, the extremes of um, in the, when we're working with colleagues in the US, um, people are very direct and they talk very openly and direct uh, to, to each other. And it, it can it can feel a little bit rude in some ways to, to some of the Europeans uh, when we've gone over and, and worked in the US. But um, I now know that that's more of a majority of, of the country itself. So um, it, it's, it's really nice that uh, when you've got the extreme differences, places like uh, Germany, for instance, that has, has got such a, a, a long history uh, and a really defined culture, um, then they, they, there's a lot less needed to be so direct with each other. And there's more of that understanding. It's, it's kind of built in. And then now, now I understand that within Asia, uh, just the slightest nod of a head or a look and that there's lots more visual um, communications that happen um so yeah it's a good, good part of the communication side of it which I'm, I'm responsible for and then that helps to set a bit more of an understanding of the of the culture i do i do feel like um basically our offices where they've the the very um they've had the same people that work in there for such a long time um, re- really do have that uh, deeper culture and feeling uh, about the place rather than somewhere that's come together and grown quite quickly. So, so it's yeah, so, very so, a lot. Yeah, so in those tw- in like in those 20 years you have time you have had time to adapt like when did you get head of like when when were you made the head of the uh, IT or communication yeah. and stuff? 
Yeah, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not the head of, head of IT. I'm, the, um, I'm a member of the leadership team. So there's uh, seven of us and there's a, an IT director. Um, and the, in the IT director's words, he expects the leadership team to, uh, to run the department, so, uh, which we take very seriously. So uh, across the 400 people, um, the seven of us are meeting regularly and, uh, and culture uh, and the well-being of our people is, uh, you know, right there up on the top of our agenda. So, and I, I take a bit more responsibility within that um, area because my my uh, responsibilities are for the learning and development of the IT staff, um, learning and development of the uh, technology um, capabilities of our lawyers. So, quite a large training team out there, and communication and engagement um, across the IT department and also the IT department to the actual business as well. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not a natural, my role is naturally a bit more connected to uh, culture and well-being anyway. But so so how, how is it, like, when when did you start to think about happiness at work? And, and why, like, is it in the beginning, was it just around the uh, people in the IT department? Or because, okay, stereotypical, I'm thinking about lawyers, and they are not, in my mind, like funny people. If we take well, if we take happiness over to like the word funny, <laughs> <laughs> like there, there is you, you know you have in your mind you have just like some people some se- like some some workforces are like <laughs> it's just like funny because you you see lawyers as a stiff uh, suit uh, suit of people who are just like fighting for something very boring so it's like h- how how is it that you came to explore the happiness at work concept or, or yeah, I, I can, my first taste of this so um oh, as i mentioned i started in the leeds office it's very it felt like a very welcoming office. Uh, certainly, the, the lawyers and the support staff. There was nobody was treated uh, any differently. Um, and then my first move was to go to the London office um, as, as the manager down there. And um, and I, I was thinking in the back of my mind, oh, a bit of big London, you know, the big city. And um, uh, am I going to, as you've described, um, be comfortable with? The lawyers that are down there. Uh, am I going to be treated any differently? And um, and that even within the firm, I'm, I might have thought, you know, I, I don't really know. So um, so I went, and and sure enough, uh, there there was no difference. Every everybody treated me exactly the same. Um, of course, in in large organisations, there might be some friction. So I'm not saying everything is is wonderful. Um, we we talk about family a lot, and and that helps to describe it we talk about it more within the IT departments but for, for me I also feel it works for the for the rest of the firm and the interactions I have and and that means that family you you close you've got good trust with each other but you you it doesn't mean this is going to be perfect all of the time uh, and there is, it is good to have healthy conflict um, and you might have some rough times which you go through together but really um, uh, you, it's it's such a, a good place to, to work, I would say. Well, I could, from my perspective and from many of my colleagues would say that. Well, you have been there for 20 years, so there must be something. Must be something, yes, yes. Because, because like, but when you talk about culture, then you must have, like, 
the leadership or the leader or the founder is he still uh, is the founder still uh, operating in the firm or or like what do you th- have you have you looked at why the culture is as it is like why is it that that you have you are allowed to make i gather that you are allowed to make mistakes because when you make mistake then you can learn or learn something from it and then why are is it important for the firm to be like in this family kind of state like so is it just coincidence that the leaders made this culture or do you think they had any thought of like how they wanted to perceive this element yes i do um the, there is uh um for, for law, law firms for international law firms there is um an international survey um called the acritas survey and they uh, assess you a bit as a as a firm and um, they give awards for certain things so you can see you can benchmark yourself um against other other firms out there and um and when when there's some things that are called out it's it's a bit i guess it's it can be uh, uh quite it can be thought of quite in a similar fashion to a, a traditional engagement survey so you you're actually um describing a lot of what what is good about the culture in your workplace and also the clients are assessing uh you as a firm as well and how you're perceived and your culture is is perceived so um you you have a, a good benchmark there of um of where you could improve and i felt that was the uh springboard the firm takes that very seriously obviously it helps to actually um to win work and and keep work uh, as a law firm anyway so and it's just a healthy thing to do to be as transparent about uh, everything as possible and I, I felt that that was the um the catalyst for for uh, doing a, a larger drive for well-being um and and the culture's changed dramatically in in my time um for the better for sure and i'll i'll mention the values in, embedding because that came out of that yeah uh, soon so i'd like to talk about that but how, how is it then learning. like in the beginning when you when you started the, uh, like for 20 years ago how many how many staff members were there can you remember uh so the the firm um i i should know this because i, I helped to do the new starter induction and yeah. we've got slides on exactly this <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the, i mean the 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 growth, because that was the ambition of the firm at the time, was to become the the world's largest international law firm, yeah. um, and and that was going to be our strength for our international clients. So um, that that meant that we we just grew uh, very quickly. I mean, the IT departments uh, just before I joined um, was was no more than fifty or sixty people, um, but they're also doing quite a lot of other jobs within business services as well. There was there was a good mixture there. So for the firm itself, um, because it started in Sheffield, and uh, as law firms do, they there's there's lots of uh, ways that they can merge and grow uh, over time. So yeah, super interesting period to to go through. Probably about that first ten years really of just pure pure driven growth, uh, and then we started to stabilise, and we haven't grown as much, but we've developed much more uh, a, a greater maturity across the, the firm and within the IT departments in particular. I felt that we've done really well in, in that area. So we are talking about an IT department of 400 people. 
and in 400 people and then the whole the company counts 10,000 uh, 10 10,000 yes uh, it's under 10,000 it's probably more more like 9,000 we probably peaked this around 10,000 okay um and we we do work with that that's without our from an IT perspective the firm when we talk about international it's it's everywhere in in the world apart from the US and we have for um for various reasons we we have quite a separate setup within the US as much as we work very closely with our US colleagues especially our IT colleagues feel almost uh, for for a large part of it we work on many things uh, you know just just all together so um yes yeah, so i think i think they must have about 200 people as well in their IT departments so before we talk about like the values and 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 because the values can also differ between countries and and especially continents so how is it like when did you discover like now you are a chief happiness officer because you have you have participated in a, a course that is called uh, or it is the chief happiness officers academy so when did you like when did you think oh that's something for me like when did you start exploring this like maybe positive psychology or like wh- where did you start in because it's positive psychology is not like it's not it, positive psychology has not been there for ages no no um and yeah so i i, I can try and um describe my my personal journey on this from uh with with regards to the responsibilities that i have for my role as well so um it started when i i i was um developing developing myself as a manager so um for a long time i didn't want to i didn't really i I didn't really believe in myself as a manager i was a bit hesitant and um my wife was really uh supportive of um giving me the drive to say but my fear was that i was responsible for other people's well-being and Mm -hmm. and and their careers and therefore their families so um it it took me a while to be able to to put myself forward and and then when as soon as i did i felt much more comfortable and confident and i I wanted to be the the best that i could and now i understand um because we we take leadership and management really seriously with within uh, our organization Uh, and and that was the start to to really be responsible for for people you need to try your best um to understand what that should be and what what good looks like um so we've used the um ilm courses and uh, we're, do, we're doing a lot more on the cmi the chartered managers institute and uh, actually developing managers um to be chartered at, at the moment for example and i think that was that was the start and then the firm itself uh really started developing its well-being our, our hr function um has always been really strong but we had business partners uh that, that were directly responsible for for different business service areas so the, the relationships really um grew from that um and the and the, the big one the big change for the for the firm was i think with the introduction of the uh the values um the, the values embedding across the firm so uh yeah the the when when that had started happening and you, you can just put yourself forward to help in these areas um 
so that that was more of my interest and i could i could really have something that was tangible to uh to hook into that could contribute to the firm and and see that maturity grow through and then and then as a member of the leadership team which um i've been for i think three or four years now we we uh took on the responsibility with the hr um our hr business partner to identify what our people plan was and therefore it needed somebody to take accountability of that people plan um and and i seem to be a good fit i i put myself forward and the leadership team uh, thankfully agreed um, so we have a people plan and that means to try and understand what um, what we, we defined it initially as community how do we look after our community but when we're talking about it externally we, we would say um, the three things that contribute to the community are our values um, and then our, be, our, our behaviors and that creates our culture and therefore that, that is our community and uh, yeah, we just matured on our journey with the help of the firm and defining it a bit more clearly for what it means to us. Yeah. So you, but are you, you are a chief happiness officer. So did you go to Copenhagen and uh, take the academy or, or did you meet Alex? I did. So I, I, I'll start on the journey of that because my, my I mentioned my wonderful boss, Leslie, earlier on. Um, and Leslie um, just came to, to a few of us and said, um, you know, we've been looking at positive psychology and just the, the well-being of our people. And I really um, am taken with the Woohoo partnership and Alexander uh, fronting that. And um, I think it, it would help if we went and researched a little bit more. And we went to a, a conference. So um, I, that must be six or seven years ago now. Um, and obviously, uh, we, we obviously enjoyed the experience and uh, it was it was a, a relatively early stage in the Wuhu partnership where there wasn't as much science and data behind it, but it, you could see that it was gaining momentum. And that for us within IT was really appealing to think, right, well, we can really get some case studies here and um, get some data to analyze and see, see how we actually do some of the measurements. So, um, so we went a, a, a few more times and then uh, eventually the opportunity to do the, the actual chief happiness officer uh, course came up and with my responsibilities, it seemed to be a perfect fit uh, to go and do that. So yeah, wonderful two days. Uh, I, think, I think we're on the course just before, you, before yourself. Uh, just a month before, I, I hope it, it was four days because we were four days and it was magnificent. It was just like, it was unbelievable. And the friendships that came out of it, it was just like, wow. Woohoo. See, that, 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 that must be the, the, that theory of relatively, relativity popping in there again because I had such a good time. I would not have said it was four days. It went like a flash. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and, it, yeah was... and it did because you just like, it was so exciting and it was just like riveting. And when I came home, I, I told my wife, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to make a company. And she was just like, uh, did you enter a cult or something? <laughs> <laughs> But so, so how, how, because you mentioned the values, how did you, like how your work in implementing the stuff about like, okay, if we talk about happiness or we talk about well-being, it's like, how can you implement those things and, and your values, the company values, can you go through them and, and how you implement 
like you're probably I, I sense that the the staff members are allowed to make mistakes and then you can like okay what happened and you can grow from your mistakes like you, you yeah so I'll, I'll take you through a little bit of the journey of the, the values embedding um because I, I feel there's three three clear clear stages. Um, the first one was that, um, and th this is driven from uh, the the exec within the firm uh, as well. So it was fantastic that um, this, it was picked up on a, a, at this level, uh, clearly identified as a, um, a, a key driver for the for the whole firm um, and how we operate. So the three stages I'd, I'd say was the, the kind of developing the concept and developing a, a little bit of the maturity at uh, initial phase. And then we're just in the middle of stage two now, which is a bit more of a, a framework. So, so we can actually do some measurements against it. And then I'm really hopeful to be contributing towards the uh, a full cultural values assessments, which are, I'll come into. So to start with the, um, the, the introducing the values to the firm was all about um, communicating and engaging and embedding the, the knowledge um, of what that means, um, what values means for us. So um, we have the likes of, uh, we have before we got collaborative um, and supportive to start with. Um, so, and I think the being bold uh, is is a key one. So you, we'll start with the, the collaborative first. And that shows that as you're mentioning there, to be uh, able to make mistakes. So we, we define in different ways of how you could be collaborative to others, even if it's just um, offering yourself for workshops um, uh, and, and the likes of that. So you go into describing what collaborative actually means within our law firm and then uh, start to communicate that out, no, no more. Being bold and other examples of really pushing the boundaries, really highly connected with uh, innovation, because we had a lot of innovation drives and design thinking models that we've now matured into in that side of it. Um, and then supportive, you can see that the, the, uh, the key from the differences between being collaborative and being supportive initially thinking, and then as soon as you understand the deeper dive of being supportive and being there for each other is, is quite different uh, to being collaborative. So. Once that was commu communicated out and driven out, and then it was started to be merged into uh, a bit of a measurement. So we use the performance management, um, yearly performance management with a mid-year in, in there as well. And it becomes part of that uh, scoring model. So um, yeah, that that was the, the first stage, stage one of it, which I felt went really well. Um, and the, the the, the narrative had changed within the department, uh, sorry, within the firm and particularly within the IT department. We started to use, represent uh, any of those examples in communicating uh, to the departments and, and using it to engage ourselves. So it really did start to feel like it was uh, being embedded correctly across the department. And did people, like, when you were implementing or embedding this, did you talk about, did you use the word happiness or did you, like, how did you sell it to the uh, employees? You, you just, did you go out and say, this is how we are going to do it or point fingers or stuff? Or did you just, were they, were the staff members involved in the uh, execution of 
finding the values or, or like was it only you seven executives no they, no they they weren't so for from the uh and i think that's that's probably a bit of a, a lessons learned the the um i i'm not 100 sure of how they were developed from the very start we we've had um we've had some consultancy with uh to do with our innovation ac across the departments um some external consultancies consultants that are, are very particular towards um developing a, a firm's culture and i i believe it came more from that area before but i don't i don't think that was a negative as much as it's a lesson learned and we we are learning for helping embed it further i don't think there was an issue with probably they were using the bold um ele elements of our, of our values and saying look we we really do believe we know what good looks like here um especially with some of the external uh like the aquatest that i mentioned earlier we know where we need to um mature ourselves and in, in, in which areas so i felt like there was enough confidence and it came it came across that way nobody really questioned it and said well why, why? maybe there was some ambiguity as you understood the deeper um deeper dive of each of them but no it wasn't a a, a negative to start off at all um yeah and, and that that's helped go through into stage two um of actually doing more of that measurement so we had the pmr measurements which were which were great but we needed to um be able to look well what does this mean for every everybody's role um, we were used to implementing and using frameworks across the, the firm, but very particularly within the IT departments. We like frameworks, we like structure, uh, process management and process mapping. So um, we, we really did uh, and, and do take frameworks uh, on board quite well. We're, we're used to change, so, so that was, wasn't too difficult. And to start off with, um, the we... we the firm uh, and we have a steering group. Oh, sorry, we have a working group and there's a, a steering group um, that supports the working group. So the working group does a bit more of a design. The steering group helps to uh, actually point the direction. Um, and then you have champions right the way across the firm and, and they were engaged at this stage now. So I think that was a bit of that lessons learned from the first time of saying, well, what, what, what does, uh, how do we mature ourselves within the values embedding? So they were they were um, like three clear areas uh, contributing groups to developing um, the, the values piece. So the framework's there, and it says so. What does it? What what does how do, are the values represented in certain standard business aspects? So when you're considering the new starter induction, for example, or whether you're um, in, in, working with a vendor or an external third party, what should that engagement look like? So it really varies of how to actually assess that framework. And then we went a step further as part of the working group. Um, and, I, and I was glad to help in, in, in this part. I felt like this was my, um, my understanding from what we've done on the positive psychology and uh, as a, a CHO to feel confidence in in putting some proposals forward to say well why are we just doing it as per standard best business practice why don't we just ask everybody for your role what 
what does good look like when it comes to embedding the values? So, uh, and that opened it up then to, to not be restricted across the whole of the firm and the, the, the framework could apply to absolutely anybody because most people can represent what they, uh, what they are doing to contribute towards it and their role and, um, and, and people want to uh, as well. So uh, they, they, everybody wants to be able to show and represent that they can do that. So um, yeah, that was a really nice uh, moment for the working group to reflect on uh, and uh, come back and say that that's it. That that is going to help us get through to the next stage and and it not just be restricted to certain areas. Oh. Sorry, I will mention. Um, will mention that I, I was talking about the consultants to the firm before as well. And a large part that really helped um, was to explain um, what the firm's strategic uh, goals were. So when we set out to say what our vision is, um, we I mentioned earlier on that we were to be the world's largest law firm um, earlier on. And then we've we developed that um, a number of years ago to say that the reason that we are here is to make business better. And we were representing that journey of how everybody can contribute to making that business better. So for a, a lawyer, for a fee earner, it's, it's quite clear that, that if they can um, do the best that they can to um, help our clients to do business better, then that, that's a direct um, relationship to make that happen. For uh, people like ourselves within business services, which business services make up almost half of the the um, firm. Actually, we're, we're just under the headcounts of, of, of the lawyers uh, as the percentage. So we are we are all connected made by making our business better. So how can we make sure that we are making uh, allowing the fairness to, to be at their very best and deliver to the external clients? And that shows how we can um, contribute to making that happen. So, so then you can directly come back to values. You can see the connection there. Yeah, but how how was it like since because of the measurement? How how do you measure happiness at work, or how do you measure like the engagement of a, an employee? Like how can you, in your twenty years experience, can you see something like was there a lot of burnouts? Okay, we did not have the word. Maybe the burnout. We didn't. People just quit. They didn't tell why they were like like they were. But now we have this actual thing, and it's like talk about the pandemic in the workplace. It's just like all over the world, burnout is the like one thing that is just growing. And can you measure it, or, or like how do you measure? Are you happy if the turnover? in staff membership is 5% or like, <laughs> how do you measure it? How do you use yeah, so, uh, the, 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 I mean, we do have, um, we knew that, or sorry, I, I say we knew we had a good gut feeling that our standards within the IT departments, um, were, we had low turnover, we had healthy presenteeism. Um, so it wasn't that you were expected to be in the workplace, just that you were expected to, to um to to be doing your best and therefore that that really did show itself in that presenteeism um low relatively low sickness levels um and um yeah so they're, they're from an hr perspective 
some of the measurements there. And, and we were right at the time. Um, and that, that showed itself in some of the leadership and some of the senior managers that we have. Always, a lot of us have been there for over that 20 years. That's not necessarily always healthy, by the way. And we've had some new uh, fresh faces in which has just been fantastic. Um, in the leadership team in particular, it, it's just been wonderful to have uh, a bit a bit more of <laughs> some new faces, yeah. But how, how is, um, if, you, if you think about like IT department where like the staff members, when they get a, a, an assignment, they know what to do because it's computers and stuff, it's numbers and like you know where you're going. But like in the law department, how is it with like do, is the leadership then portraying like this is what what we want you to do and how you're like do they get like a consistent or a a good like uh, what do you call it like description of the project like because it's it's different so, um, it's different be- between like the IT department and then the some other where it's m- more vague like yeah, you are going to sue this person, or you like how? <laughs> I don't know how to talk <laughs> like a lawyer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, there, no, there, there is a difference. No, between, there is a difference yeah. between the. Uh, we describe it not just for the IT departments, but across uh, business services. Um, it's really well described by the firm what's expected of us, and it comes under the two banners of trusted deliverer and trusted advisor. So um, and. Uh, a, lo- a lot of that trust is built up from um, relationships over, over the years, of, of course. Uh, as we know and understand now in positive psychology and all the happiness, that everything is underpinned with trust as well. So when we when we mentioned about our, our values and our um, behaviours and our culture, we, we always represent that un- underpinned with trust. So it was good that the business was uh, explaining that that's what it expected of us. Um, which was really good. And so that helped uh, just skipping back a little bit from that. Uh, how do we measure our, our own um, engagements and happiness and well-being? So before the, the, the firm was doing any firm wide engagement surveys um, and well-being surveys, which have been fantastic more, more in, in recent years and especially in the last year when we've really needed it. But at the, the early stages, uh, just as the values embedding was starting across the firm, we also did our own morale survey. So quite similar to the questions that you're asking me of me today um, is, uh, you know, how happy are you within your uh, within the workplace? And um, how, how do you have uh, strong relationships and friendships within the department? And then we did a lot of open-ended answers. Um, to, to start that off, that that was the first time we we included a uh, an employee net promoter score because we're IT, we like data and we like to analyze, mm-hmm. and um, and we had our data analysts actually dig down, label the comments, the free uh, the open comments that were coming back, um, and interestingly, we we did it uh, we didn't do it anonymously, and um, the, there's pros and cons of doing that and. It, it was, I, I, I believe it's healthy to offer both if you can. Um, uh, and this really gave, in, in just even running the surveys, the feedback was fantastic. I feel it's great that I'm being asked by not just my line manager, but by the leadership team or, or just in general, you know, how are you? How can we make things better? 
and uh, that really helped us on the journey of um, of making sure that we're we're measuring that cultural uh, um, maturity uh, as we go along. And yeah, our our employee net promoter score what was above average, but it gave us areas and pockets um, of things that we could do and uh, teams um, that we could help a little bit more and and pick out those areas and and do the boost which it, it wouldn't have been easy as easy to do at all we we know because we've done a lot of the firm ones now that have have to be anonymous um and and therefore it's much trickier to get the cuts of the actual data to to, to do anything with still still good still healthy but if you could do both then that, then that's a, absolutely perfect we we held off on doing our, our own as we contributed more towards the um, the firms and we just tried to drag as much of the data as we could just demanding the data from the from the surveys and the the external um third parties that were helping us to create that and it's been really healthy yes how often do you do the surveys so uh because because of the situation over the the last year during the pandemic they were they we've the firm really ramped them up and they connected them through to um, all of the positive positive psychology, um, and it, it was under the banner of managing your mind. Um, so the, the questions were clearly related to um, all all of the materials. Uh, we had micro modules, which were seem to um, have a really good uptake uh, across the firm on the managing your mind. So it was a bit more of that visual and questions and taking you through rather than um, any of the more traditional, we're just doing surveys and presenting back to you and trying to develop through com communications. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we probably ran five uh, last in the last year. Because you, you can't like, you can get some fatigue and teams fatigue and like survey fatigue because you, if, if do the staff members see that you implement, you take those like surveys, but I can hear you do because, like, if you participate in a survey in a company and you can't see anything happened, like you, you, you address some area that you would like to see some changes, but nothing happens. So, yeah, so, so do, do so they see? Do they see stuff? Well, it, this is where the communication and engage, engagement is the, is the key word for us, and you have to be prepared to um, to to have the resources to actually do anything before you do. We know through um, through our own journey, but also through some of the guidance from the Woohoo community um, of what a bad engagement survey uh, or bad engagement interaction, should we say, is, and that's running a survey and then just. Feeling, even if you are doing something something about it, um, not communicating is communicating by, you know, there's there's no connection there. So we talk less about communication and we talk more about engagements. We talk more about um, how how is our how do we develop our management community. So this helped to build up our um, our maturity within the IT department's management community. So we, we did a management development review. Um, and again, because of lots of the managers have been with us for so long, um, and ha as happens in lots of IT organizations, managers are promoted uh, because of their competence and technical skills, 
which we know now isn't the best way to go about it. So we've <clears throat> really worked on um, explaining what we expect and engaging with the managers to ask them what do they expect of them of themselves of ourselves uh where with regards to to management and come out with some really um tangible outputs of saying we we expect the managers to spend at least 80 percent of their time actually managing and leading the the teams and the mm -hmm. teams around them and developing the culture and their operations um uh, and thankfully, uh, as we went, we workshopped this at, at the start, and the the, the managers were um, were were really uh, open to to the fact that we will we do want to develop uh, people's careers technically as well, and have that as an option as well as the management. And we we clearly split it out, and it felt um, it happened in a very healthy way, um, and. And thankfully, most of our managers, we, we, we're lucky to have the, the community that we've got because uh, they, they really are um, high on the, the when, it, when it came out through the uh, employee net promoter score, then it was represented back. So we, we had the confidence that we had quite a, a caring management community. We just wanted to help nurture that and uh, especially around the, the leadership elements. And that's what came out of it management development review was we now have uh, a leadership for managers um i say course but it's a it's it's a program and it's engagements and it's a mixture of uh traditional learning models and uh and be, uh, things like the the disc uh behavioral model um we've done quite a lot on and engage uh, embedding that along with everything to do with uh, positive psychology influences um, and focusing on what good leadership looks like has, ha has helped uh, mature all of that, that area. We're still at the early stages of that, um, but I'd say we're about 50% of the way, way through and it f feels great. Feedback has been fantastic. So that is a good segue over to like happiness at home, because if you have a manager, because I, the f when you were talking about when you got the chance to be a manager, you mentioned the significant other and your wife could see your potential as a leader or a manager. So how do you like, how, because we talk about results and relationships and you have to show interest, like because sometimes, okay, again, I am not an IT person and then you think about IT persons and they are maybe like nerds. <laughs> I will be, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think I will like, if I won't get any <laughs> bad reviews for this, I'm just slaming like, I'm slaying lawyers and the IT. No, it's just like, because uh, uh, sometimes people like you, you, you love numbers, you know, love statistic, you know, and you are maybe not like, I am a very social person. I'm an extrovert and stuff. Maybe an IT person is more introvert and they don't bother. And like, you have to show some compassion also for your staff. And then like, you have to combine it because like now you are, you are working at home and we could hear your kids and stuff. So it's just like, if you are doing well at work, maybe you have a crappy home life. Like how, how do you share, do you share some interest or what do you do to like, because happiness at work is one thing, 
because you have to be happy all around and then we are talking about happiness at home so how how can you like it's a it's a it's a big it's a big it's a big question no i'll i'll help with a little bit of an extra segue as, as well when we're talking about the it community because this came up um in a in a chat with one of the woo colleagues uh, it was really interesting to to go through this thought process a little bit more because the woo community has got a lot of um people from an it background and we were asking why that was and and my gut reaction still feels good now is in that um we're i think we're quite fortunate to connect within the it industry the way that we operate because we have lots of results and we have lots of relationships by the manner in which we work and uh, the way that uh, more mature it operations run isn't the traditional which we when we hadn't moved from this model um, that long ago to be honest uh, the more traditional was to do big project work and to deliver have a deadline and everybody works towards a deadline and it can take you six months, a year, and then you have a big bang. And, you know, it's, it's really quite a, uh, a lot of pressure to, to do that. And we moved away from that model uh, into what's now known within the industry as more of an agile project management methodology. Um, and we also have more of a maturity within DevOps, which is a bit more of the technical side of it. But both uh, principles are very much geared towards smaller more regular uh delivery of change and therefore actually results coming in much much more uh, quickly and a much flatter structure across the the it departments so that you have quick soft work working groups to help get these changes implemented so there's a lot more connectivity and a lot less uh silos that that happen within an it department so we have in the modern way of working more uh, of a, a natural way to have results and relationships. So I, I, I do believe that that's why we, we, we do, it's, it's against what you would think of that traditional nerdiness and just being a bit focused, sitting at a keyboard and banging away to, to get something delivered. That is not how it, it works anymore. So yeah, so that feels good. And then, so for me, myself, and bringing it into my personal life, um, I found this out. We, we were, I was fortunate to have some um, coaching as, as part of the, the leadership team, which we've also uh, helped now transfer into that leadership for managers course. But we focused on the leadership team because uh, we we recognised within ourselves that we we didn't have um, much. We hadn't developed uh, ourselves enough over the years, and we just focus on doing the job. So, so we had some coaching, and uh, I quickly soon understood that. I was relatively unique by I am no difference in the workplace to how I'm at home or how I am with my, my friends for the most part. I mean, we all let our hair down every now yeah. and again and, <laughs> and act a bit wild, which I've done in work as well, you know, some some parties, but that that's that's good, that's healthy, that's natural. Um and it's also okay to be different in work and and be a, a little bit different, but it's not as easy to do is is how the um the leadership coaches have uh, of helps if you, if you do need to alter yourself more so i'm much more relaxed about um about being open about how i'm at home and how i'm at the workplace um how 
personal things affect my work and how work affects my personal life. I feel like they're absolutely entwined. Um, as the WooHoo partnership has, has mentioned a lot, it's such a huge part of our lives. Um, is it only after sleeping that it's the second uh, and some parts watching television as, uh -huh. as Alex would always, always mention. Um, yeah, so work is such a huge part of my life um, that I wanted to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it with other people around me just as much as I do with my personal life. So yeah, I can, you can ask me anything about anything and I'm more than happy to, to delve into it. Yeah, yeah, because I, when you, because you mentioned your wife, because my wife is also like this, because she sees, sometimes she sees totally different things than I can see within myself and what I am capable of. And I was just thinking about like, it would be fun if you could talk to and make a survey for these spouses or for the significant other and say, like, have you noticed any changes in your, like, in your spouse when we were implementing this stuff or something? Like, it's just like, because it's fun to see how, because we, we know that sometimes you are good at your job and you feel, you're, you're feeling good when you go to work, but at home you're feeling like crap because there's something, something going on there, but you don't share it. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm fortunate. My, my wife is a sustainability manager and we share lots of crossover in what our responsibilities are. So our, our interests crossover and um, we, we listen to similar kind of podcasts quite a lot of the time and are able to talk on, on that kind of level. So, so that's really good and healthy. Um, I think the... Uh, and, and through the leadership uh, development coaching that I had, we had it on a team level and we had some personal stuff, which was which was just fantastic. And for me to be able to bring that home and say, have a look, this is this is why. I mean, there were some really key moments that came out of the, the leadership, which were probably life-changing for me. Um, the, the, the particular one of my uh, facial expression. So my empathy wasn't actually being represented um, when I'm, I'm deeply thinking about caring about something for somebody or a situation, then my face was actually really negative. And, and this only came out through the, uh, through role play and having, having actors there that they were assessing, taking you through difficult situations. And, um, and we pulled up. So why, why were you feeling angry there? I was like, I promise you, I wasn't. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was feeling like I really want to help. Yeah. Not why is this person come to me with such difficult issues, and and that's a, a great example of I could bring that home, discuss it with my wife, um, and she and she said yes. Sometimes I I really do feel like you 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 know you're just not paying attention and you're not giving uh, either me or other people, your family, the 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 that kind of emotional connection and and so it was something really tangible I could, I could work on and uh think of myself with the, a mirror there right how is my yeah, how am yeah. I representing what's my body language like and what what are my facial expressions like and and come out with more of that um uh yeah just being able to display that empathy uh, in a different way so well, and also you have three wonderful kids who can also t tell that why are you angry now <laughs> They are yes. also good, they are also a good indication that you are so, uh, something wrong. <laughs> oh, they'll 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 tell you what, whichever way, won't they? Yeah. So, but, uh, um, so I had all of that the the developments and um and then our, to be able to have, 
have discussions with my wife in particular, but also with other family members. And um, but then to actually say, here's here's how I've been analysed, and here's my SK three hundred and sixty score. Here's my um, uh, what well, you another big part of it was the the disc profiling was was really quite uh, a big impact across the firm as well. Um, and the Myers-Briggs type indicator, they, they seem to base the core of all of the developments in the drive. The disc behavioral profiling, because that's observed behavior. So, um, and I, I, I don't deliver training, uh, look, you know, the, I have not come from a training background as much as I've got responsibilities for um, education within the firm and within our departments. But the, this one in particular, um, working with the HR departments and uh, one of the external consultants, I, I thought this this could be a, a really, uh, really large part of changing our, our behaviours within the workplace. So I actually took the facilitator course to, to actually deliver the course myself. Um, and I, I, I still deliver them occasionally within the firm. I, uh, I actually did, delivered one to the lawyers, which I was... Um, Quite nervous about um but it still felt the same and it still delivered and the feedback was was still really high and that be that observed behavioral profiling and and taking yourself out of the situation um and thinking about uh in the in we're talking about cultures so in the european kind of culture it's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and i think that's when we've looked at the maturity of that um uh into the asian culture with the uh nunchi is the, the the ability to be able to take yourself even further out of the situation and observe both the other person and yourself from from a third party and look at the the whole of the um the the actual situation and how all that's playing out that mm. that really helped me in my personal life as well uh, thinking back to that clearly uh observed behaviors in, in my uh, facial and um body language it, it all fitted then it all started to come together yeah, so so, uh, so you you embrace the evolve like you are evolving and you are showing empathy and like because somebody sometimes people don't show empathy yeah well, and they can't and there's the showing empathy yeah and and it's um it's it's understanding what that empathy is Actually, i still don't have it fully matured m properly myself i mean the is it burn brown um describes it perfectly of, of really um being that compassion coming across and not just trying to deliver because coming from probably a technical background i'm trying to solutionize and mm. instead of jumping into that actually that is going to feel absolutely terrible and I, i'm i'm with you it doesn't matter what the future is looking like and doesn't matter what the solution is going to be at this moment in time i i'm just i'm just here for you and i'm, I'm with you and you know we'll see it see it through together that that's more about how it it, it helped me in my personal life as as well so because we set out for talking in thir only in 30 minutes but we have now been talking for an hour <laughs> but it is such an it is such a topic that you can't just like cut and say okay thank you very much so like but to to round the things up how happiness in life like what what do you do to uh like you have three gorgeous kids you have a 
gorgeous wife and like how how do you implement like happiness in your like what do you do to keep insanity like because like and then there is a pandemic you have to work at home then you have been in lockdown for tw- two times in in the UK and and stuff like what do you do to like keep your senses or, or, or implement happiness in your life so you just like can can cope yes yeah, so again um, a big question so all all of my um I've been so grateful for for the time that I've been able to help research um, for for work, um, but also crossing over into my personal life. So I I, I just love everything around the positive psychology and um, and the leading with happiness side of it. So it that that just just flows so nicely. And through that um, through that kind of journey, quite early on, uh, I realised that I was quite satisfied with with life because. Um, I'm, I'm generally a happy person anyway, um, and, and and sometimes you almost feel a, a little bit guilty about that, you know, oh, yeah. you to, you're there to help others. Um, and uh, and so I, w- I was thinking, well, why do I understand myself and why am I relatively happy? And then uh, going, going through all the research, you slowly start to piece together the fact that um, I do have my kind of life goals and... Um, and, and that sense of purpose. Uh, it always been in the long term of, of trying to set myself up, look after your family, thinking of um, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, you know, making sure that you've got everything set there, and then moving into that next level of well, what, what do you do once that has happened? And I knew that that's where I wanted to get to. I didn't expect to get to it um, as, as early as, uh, uh, as we will do. Um, and therefore that has made me happier as well because um, I, I will have that family foundation in my career is, is reasonably well set. So what else can I do to contribute to, to the greater good of the world? And my, my clear drive and uh, with the support of my, my family has always been live within our means and then whatever you can do to uh, invest, not, not just give from a charity perspective, but in, invest uh, where it's needed the most. So I use the um, the mindset of 80,000 hours and effective altruism. Um, and just for me, it's quite it's quite logical. Why wouldn't I just uh, try and use whatever resources I have? For me, that's probably most likely to be financial, not my time, because um, I can I can maximise bringing some some cash in it's it's as blunt as that and then doing some good with with that and so effective altruism is set up to identify what where the best places are to actually um to to what where you get the best value that's what it's all about and so therefore i don't have to think about it i just go with whatever that is in in the uh the only thought process i have to go through if i stay with my current firm is we have a fantastic relationship with with unicef um, and we do uh, millions of pounds worth of pro bono with them every year from the lawyering perspective, but we also do lots of fundraising and you can give through, in the UK, you can give through your payroll. So uh, it comes before your taxes and the firm will do matched funding on it. So not only is it pre-tax, it's also doubled from the firm's contribution as well. So um, yeah, so that's the, the only decisions that we need to make is 
with what's better effective altruism or stick. And UNICEF's really uh, high value anyway from um, the likes of uh, you know, my influencers, uh, key influencers are probably Hans Rosling on uh, and um, and uh, Peter Singer um, on uh, the, the actual the world is a really good place to be at the moment and we're not that far off making it even better. So, um, you know, what UNICEF was always quite high on both of the uh, places that is a good place to invest and, and make sure that you, you're making them the best with what you've got. Mm-hmm. So live within our means and, and do some good with the rest. So, and we are going through some changes because the world will never be the same again. Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I listened to a roundup by Slomo, which was recommended through a lot of the Woo partnership. Um, so thank you for those. And the roundup of the year in 2020, and I think he, he explained it perfectly. It's been utterly dreadful for, for so many people and uh, people who have been directly impacted by it. Um, and uh, but there's still so so much good going on in the world, and there's still a lot more worse things going on in the world with regards to where it still needs our, our focus and our efforts. Um, so yeah, that that's that's always helped give me the confidence that, um, and I, I do believe in uh, what's the uh, post-traumatic growth. Um, so it's. And I hope that the world, from all of what's gone on, will uh, bounce back much stronger. So, being able to bounce back from any difficult situations, and this looks set up like that will happen. We'll have learned so much from it, um, and we, we will be able to analyze what's actually happened and and be able to deal with things in the future better. So that's one clear uh, piece piece of growth that we'll go through. But I think that the mindset of the world is has changed quite a lot and it's being able to focus on everybody helping each other more uh, those who need it most and we have to focus because our children they have like we have to make a world that is better for them so yeah yeah we do um generation alpha i think it is, is it from 2012 yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah i, I was i only somebody only mentioned it the other day Generation Alpha. Okay, so um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so our, but, our, um, my kids are six years old and we're making sure, but they're, they're influencing me already and yeah. making sure that the world. It's also the, the, the best thing is the kids. So, I, Neil, I want to thank you uh, immensely for talking to me because this subject is, is very important. But I do have a challenge for you. And it's not only my name. Like, Hedin, you can try it again. Hedin. Hidden. <laughs> Hidden. I will. Oh. I will probably die laughing. <laughs> but I have a challenge for you because I want to. I want to say a word, and you have to say it. And I will just. Only, you have only one shot. Okay. So okay. the challenge is to, for you to say "siklufjörður." Siklufjörður. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great ending to our chat. So I, Neil, I thank you very much, and I hope your family will enjoy the snow. Because I certainly won't do it because there's no snow in Iceland, accordingly. <laughs> so but I'm off to enjoy the snow myself. Thank yes, you very much. Thank for you very much for talking to me, and we. I, I hope you all the best and, and give my regards to your small ones and your wife. Likewise. Thank you. 
This has been the Tribute to Happiness podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. You'll find us on social media.